This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen? A podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? That is true. This movie was very interesting. Uh Uh-oh. See, look. So, look, I went to art school, and artists are very fragile people. They're very very emotional when it comes to discussing and criticizing their art. And at the end of every class, we were to critique someone's art. And when any... Anytime someone said, this is very interesting, we all knew that that was an insult. (laughs) To me, interesting is, like, it's not bad. It's just, like, I have unresolved unresolved feelings about this that I have further questions. I think that's what the movie's about, frankly. Yes, yes. We get ahead of ourselves, though. So, up front, some trigger warnings. Um, Kate Winslet's character... What was her name? The blue hair lady. Shoot. I should know that. Joel is Jim Carrey. Uh-huh. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Clementine. Oh, my darling Clementine. Okay. So, yeah. So, so up, Kate Winslet's character, Clementine. So, up front, trigger warnings. Um, Clementine. Yes. She at one point she yells the homophobic f word at Joel oh, Jim Carrey's right. character. So um, be prepared for that. There's some uh, violence against animals, which was a little disturbing, and there uh, was suffocation. Like nobody died, but like it was they were suffocating each other with a pillow. Oh yeah, like and like so, like. That can be very anxiety-inducing for some people. I understand people. that. That's a trigger warning, sure. So, moving on. So, Virginia, what three things did you expect from this movie? Um. Okay, so I had no idea what to expect from this movie. So all I had was the movie poster to go off of. But I didn't zoom in to see any of the words or anything. I'm just looking at the... Just looking at the picture, so so for the, so for those of you who don't feel like looking up the movie poster right now, it it's Jim Carrey's head close up from his like nose about up. He's looking up, and there's uh, the two character, the two main characters, Clementine and Joel, are on ice on ice that's kind of breaking up. It looks like there's a crack in the ice. Right, they're, they're laying looking, flat on their backs, and it looks like it's nighttime. It looks like it's very cold. So. The first thing I expect is they will be in a cold climate without a lot of sun. Because also, eternal sunshine, I was thinking kind of like. Oh, um, like a thing to like reach for, a thing to hope for, but right, not have. Right. Or like maybe they lived so far north that this may be the, the darkness, like because it was dark on the movie poster. But then. Right. During the summer, it'll be eternal sunshine or something oh, like that. You that know? might that see. I'll, see, I would like to see that movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I thought with the spotless mind part of the um, of the title, yes. I was guessing they would be dealing with some mental health issues, which turned out not. I mean, we'll get to that, but it it wasn't mental health issues in the way I was expecting. No, they were causing mental health issues with the procedure. Yeah, frankly, yeah, which is weird. Um, and my last. <laughs> My last expectation was that I'm supposed to take Jim Carrey seriously as a dramatic actor. Yes. <laughs> yes, his agent has been trying to do that for years. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if I can take Jim Carrey seriously, but but you had also said you thought I would like it. So, I was going to give it my... Oh, I had originally see, I like thought I would give fault. it 2.5, so now I'm at 3. Oh, no. I'm not looking forward to this. Um, <laughs> I'll have my memory erased if I don't like this. So my. So what? Yeah. What is your? Sorry. What is your? This was, one sentence description of this movie. I feel like this is pretty accurate, actually. Really? Okay. A troubled man delves deep into his own psyche to clear away his past demons and learn to love someone. On a cracked ice skating rink. Yeah, I mean... It was surprisingly close, except for the ice skating rink part. Yeah. So, IMDb says this movie is 108 minutes long. Mm -hmm. It is rated R. Mm -hmm. And their description is, When their relationship turns sour, a couple undergoes a medical procedure to have each other erased from their memories. See, that makes it sound like they went and went together to have it done, but that was not the case at all. It's kind of misleading, and and I and honestly, in the description of the movie, like I don't want someone to know that that's what's happening because that's an interesting reveal. I mean, I think. Yeah, I had no that told. Okay, this movie w- was very confusing to me at first. I was also like when I when I first watched this movie, I had no idea. I didn't read anything about it at all. Mm-hmm. I just thought. I knew it was well reviewed, so I went into it kind of the same way you did, where I didn't know what was going on at all. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's kind of. Does memory erasure fall under sci-fi? Like I would think it it's does. Kind of sci- yeah, it's science. Fiction. So it's. I did not expect it to because have. Because you can't literally do. I mean, that is literally a fiction of science. That's not possible. Right, Doctor. See, Doctor Pulaski did it in Star Trek. <laughs> All roads lead back to Star Trek. It's true. I'm surprised you don't talk about Star Wars more, considering how much you love it. Well, it's not very it's intellectual. It's not as relevant. <laughs> we don't really watch many movies about shooting lasers at people. That's true. We don't. Um, so, I did not expect sort of like this sci-fi twist on it. First, like, we're jumping through time, apparently... We, Everything seems out of sequence to me. Do we want to talk about the timeline right now? Because there's a, there's a thing you have to watch it a couple times. At least I do because I'm not very smart. There's we can talk about the timeline later, uh, but there is something very specific that the filmmaker is doing with the timeline. So, first, let me tell you that it it did meet. Well, here's the thing. I did give it four stars after watching. You did? Yes. Okay. Because although I was confused, I appreciate that was part... Once you told me, 
okay, you're not missing anything. This is part of the movie experience. If you're and getting like, confused, that's okay, part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I hate, I hate missing something in the movie and then not knowing what's happened. Like, I get frustrated with myself. So once, yeah, once you told me that, I was like, okay, I'm going with this. Your, your, uh, if I may interrupt you. You, you had an aha moment, what Oprah calls an aha moment. Yes. And you had it, like, way earlier than I did when I originally watched the movie for the first time. You're like, oh, I see what this is. It's when they're at the beach house right before mm-hmm. they successfully erase his memory. And she says... But not says, all of it, obviously. Right. Kate Winslet, um, Clementine, says to Joel, Jim Carrey's character, meet me at Montauk. And yes, that's where that they had... Moment. That's where they had met originally. At the beginning of the movie. Right. So the the movie begins and ends at the same... I, I love... I love... I almost said... <laughs> I love that storytelling where, like, it's bookended by itself. Like, it's, it begins right. and ends at the exact same point. Right. So I did... Um, I did enjoy it once I realized I wasn't confusing myself. Um... Once I had that aha moment, everything sort of fell into place and I liked it more because I realized I realized what was happening. Right. So then earlier in the movie where I seemed like frustrated and you were probably like, oh, I don't know if she's going to like this. Well, it's it is. I mean, by its nature, it's frustrating. <laughs> so um, they they were. Let me see what my expectations were. They will be in a cold climate without a lot of sun. Check. Well, they weren't. They weren't like in Alaska where it's like so right. where there's like thirty days of darkness like that vampire movie. <laughs> it's not like that. Right. Um, the mental health issues. It takes place in. We should say at this point, it takes place in mostly in the New York area and uh-huh. Long Island. Montauk is um, out on way the end, way east on Long Island, and the movie poster. That's the Charles River in Boston, which is a few hours, obviously, away from gotcha. New York City. Gotcha. Um, they weren't, like we said earlier, they weren't dealing with mental health issues. And Like, I thought there was probably going to be some sort of mental health facility involved. Like, maybe they would be inpatients or something like that. And we were going to address, like, um, spotless mind. Like, how do you rid these... What sort of therapy oh, do you have to undergo yeah. to, like, rid these um, sort of painful memories? So, yeah, it was just a totally different, same same sort of idea, but a totally different path than what I was thinking. Yeah, that's interesting. As for Jim Carrey being a dramatic actor, it it wasn't... I expected it to be a lot worse than it was, but he didn't, like knock my socks off or anything i'm still wearing socks they're still on my feet you're literally not wearing socks I'm right not, now okay um <laughs> i just looked my proverbial <laughs> socks Thank are you. still on my feet i'm very literal but i mean he wasn't as goofy as i thought he would be so i i did appreciate his effort he gets an e for effort may i, I talk think. about sorry to interrupt may i talk about that for a moment yes so this movie was cast the it well, at least it's at least its main roles. At least it's two um, uh, two leads. They were cast opposite type. 
Kate Winslet is usually the, I am the together one. I am the one. That's who true. Who is going to be like, this is nonsense and I can't deal with this. And Jim Carrey is the one going, I'm, I'm a loony one. Right. Contorting feel, his face into 15 different positions. I'm not going to do that for the podcast. But yeah. <laughs> so Jim Carrey was the, I'm reserved. I'm going to, all my emotions, I'm going to stack on top of one another, and I'm going to be this little ball of, like, like unexpressed emotion the way, <laughs> the way, the way Winslet's characters usually are. And Winslet's going to be the one who's all, like, I'm going to dye my hair 15 different colors and be, like, real wild and, like, expressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I, I love, I love, I love her. Her acting in this is so, is so, it's so great because she approaches it it looks very natural, even though it's not what you expect from Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a moment. <laughs> there's a moment where I think she's just about to get off the train. <laughs> the the character Clementine is just about to get off the train, and she like leaves. She turns. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna turn because you won't hear me. So she le- she, she turns to get off, and then she real quick like just punches. Joel, the character, Joel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the in the shoulder or whatever. And, like, um, that whole moment was spontaneous on Kate Winslet's part. <laughs> Jim Carrey did not expect it. So his reaction, completely real. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway. Which that was probably true to her character being spontaneous and unpredictable. Yeah, exactly. She stuff. really got she really got into that character and he really got into that, hey, I'm not okay with all of this spontaneity. Are either one of them <laughs> method actors? I don't know. Oh, I don't the, uh, well, yeah, Jim Carrey famously is is very very method. When he played um, Andy Kaufman in Man oh, on the Moon. Oh, that's right. In Man on the Moon, Andy and Jim or is it Jim and Andy? It doesn't matter because they're both the same person if you watch the documentary. (laughs) Um, That's on Netflix, right? Not that Netflix is paying us to say that, but I think I've seen the one you're talking seen it on there, but have not watched it. I watched, I watched, I think I watched all of it. I can't remember. Um, In parts, it was difficult to watch, but anyway, it's it's a good documentary. But yeah, he's very, he's, he's very, very method. Sometimes when, like, the characters are just holes, I think sometimes actors just use method acting to, like, excuse themselves for being holes. Like, they can be holes and just say, oh, I'm just method acting. It's part of my character. But really, they're just being hole. You think Daniel Day-Lewis really wanted to just use a quill pen all the time when he played Lincoln? <laughs> That's more douchey than... Like, he's a hipster douche. Yeah, well, that's true. True. You could tell from his beard, although he was playing Lincoln. <laughs> what if Lincoln was the ultimate hipster? I think <laughs> that is for a spinoff podcast. Okay. Okay. You come so. up with a title. Anyway. So. So let's talk about the title. I had now, no, it took, I, now, since we're going to talk about the title, I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. Do you know the moment where they evoked the title? I can't remember. It was very close to the end, I think. One hour and one hour, 17 minutes and 30 seconds, the title was evoked. And how long is the movie again? Uh, an hour, uh, no, uh, 100 and, 
108 minutes. I can't do so that So that's... Um, really close to the end. 90 <laughs> minutes is an hour and a half. So you add 18 minutes onto that. So an hour and 48 minutes. Yeah. So... um, <laughs> So with 30 minutes remaining in the movie, we finally get a reference to the title. Yes. Which is from an Alexander, Alexander Pope. Pope quote, which is... How happy is the blameless Vestal's lot, the world forgetting by the world forgot, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, each prayer accepted and each wish resigns. Question mark? Question. Um, so the world forgetting by the world forgot, I guess that sort of fits, well, I don't guess, I know that sort of fits in they're... with, you know, the whole memory erasure thing. Uh but I understand why they couldn't reveal that earlier, or else you might have given away the memory erasure thing. Right. The way, yeah, because how we sort of, it's very interesting how we find out about the memory erasure. You know what I mean? So, it's like. Sort of, it's sort of thrown, it, it's a thrown away sort of fact of the movie, right? Yeah, it's just, um,. So here, here was my thought process in this, is they a- apparently break up. He goes to the bookstore where she works. That's he knows she works there, um, and she sees him talking to some other guy. Patrick. Patrick. Um, and she acts. He thinks she's acting like. She doesn't know him. Which would be in character for her. That's something she would do, just pretending that she didn't know an ex-lover. So he leaves. Like, she's very insistent she doesn't know him. Mm -hmm. He leaves. He's telling his friend, David Cross. What's his name? No idea. Um, I'm not going to look it up. (laughs) And he's like, oh, yeah, man, we got this thing in the mail or telegraph after he and his wife or girlfriend protested for a second right so we see this thing i don't think we find out right away what it says but he goes to the address on the thing um, lacuna 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 inc lacuna um and you go in and kirsten dunn's character is um like stamping a bunch of, like printing a bunch of these out or one whatever. of the things that he later he he previously held right explaining that oh your mem- this your, person's memory yeah erased. don't ever refer to their relationship or whatever and it's like okay well th- these are a lot of them and this is a small sort of off like is this a scam is this like what's happening here oh that's interesting um so you didn't like immediately go oh okay this is a service that people pay for right because i'm like this i'm not watching a sci-fi movie you know what i'm saying so that that's still not not even on my radar until he goes and talks to the nurse or the doctor i can't remember who he talked to first um but yeah, and then I was just like, what the, what <laughs> is this? They erase people's minds? And like the way they did it seemed, they like they wanted it to seem scientific. It wasn't like, oh, you just take this pill and magically all, like they really tried to be like, oh, we map the pathways in your brain and just That's- excise those cells or zap those cells specifically or whatever. They use that for the, I mean, that's, that's I mean, the whole movie is, sort of is laid on that framework 
because that gives it that gives the plot its you know its interest mm-hmm. its highs and lows and oh he doesn't want to be erased anymore so he's going to try to hide in different memories and different parts of his brain to be away from the the normal pathways something i thought interesting and maybe this is too obvious but at part of the movie um she was saying uh clementine was saying you know i tell you everything and i'm an open book and you don't you know you don't tell me anything and then what was interesting to me about that is that a lot of the movie is now him trying to save her, so he's taking her to different parts. So she's learning about his life. I never realized that. That's great. Through, yeah. But he's teaching a fictional version, a non... See, that's where this movie gets tricky. Non-corporeal? Like, does, yeah, does the actual Clementine um, have real knowledge of what's happening? In, it, it, she can, right? She can have knowledge of Joel's erasure but she somehow is able to tell him meet me in Montauk and they both go to Montauk that's very interesting I don't know how how is she how is she there that's so weird that is weird that's the one like it's all like quote unquote scientific until she's actually she actually does what she says in his own brain right Maybe a similar thing. Maybe a similar thing was happening in her brain. No, because they would have said something about it in the. Yeah, how would that be? That's the one moment where I'm like, they. It's all science based, science based, and now you need magic for a second to bridge, <laughs> to bridge the gap. I mean, that makes it romantic and makes it interesting, and it's good storytelling. But you, you tell me it's all this, you know you. I buy I buy the Millennium Falcon now that you've challenged me. I, <laughs> I buy the Millennium Falcon works, you know, and you can't violate one of its own rules. You've right. set up the universe. Right. You have to abide by the universe rules. So there's two things we haven't talked about yet. Okay. One is the, the general... Um, do you have more thoughts? You're looking at your computer. Well, I did want to say um, at one point... I I wasn't sure what to make what to make of this movie. So at, at several points, I thought the movie was going to go into a different direction than okay. what it did. Yeah. So at one point, when the um when Joel's mind erasure unit stopped working, or when when Hulk when Mark Ruffalo's character and, or the uh, Hulk Kirsten Dunst were making out or having sex or whatever it was they were doing smoking pot. Um. And it switched off where... Sorry, we watched this last week, so I don't remember exactly what happened. But um, I thought it just was... Like, the mind erasure wasn't going to work, and he was going to, like, wake up, and then he's going to be like, no, I remember her, and I'm going to go find... Like, I you thought, thought it was going to go back into the real world. <laughs> right. We don't deal with the real world very much in this movie. Right. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, I, I totally thought the mind erasure wasn't going to work. So I was very surprised. That's why the aha moment was even more because I was like, "How? Why are they get they're gonna erase?" And then both of them aren't gonna remember each other. Oh, okay. So that's why they meet at the beach instead of at the party oh, and all this stuff. So. So. So the two things, quickly, mm-hmm. that I like to mention is the. 
the basic timeline structure of the movie is really strange because you have there's an A to B normal story of Joel walks in to the mind eraser place and he asks for his mind to be erased and then it does like there's there's one there's one line if you picture um, one line a, a one timeline that goes very simply A to B straight across and then you have going backwards through time you have um, starting from the very beginning of the movie you have backwards you have this strange backwards story that's what makes it really mm -hmm. kind of disorienting mm -hmm. because they're erasing uh, Clementine from Joel backwards starting from the last time he saw her or mentioned her or was talked to about her the, right. the the neighbor the neighbor in the hallway said oh Clementine you're gonna do something about Valentine's Day whatever right it's, and then I ask you wait it, what Valentine's Day is this they only met just yesterday or whatever it was repeated the same conversation was essentially repeated that's because there's this strangely parallel but um, but uh, what's the word it cuts across it's a anyway there's a parallel but reverse. Um, time timeline is happening at the exact same time, and they switch back and forth between these two timelines. Oh, I see. So you see, you see them being unhappy and moving backwards through time, Joel and Joel and Clementine, until you see the very first time they met, which was also which also happened to be on on Montauk, uh, Montauk on the beach, mm -hmm. uh, w w which is. Which made it even more confusing because in both situations they did meet on the beach yes. uh, in Montauk, but it was two very different situations. situations. Yeah. yeah, one at the end and one at the beginning, which which actually kind of dovetails into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Unless you have, do you have thoughts about the timeline? Nope. So I thought that was it was very interesting and unique, albeit challenging. Uh, storytelling. I love the way that works because you'll see that in novels sometimes like like um, incongruent timelines happening. Mm -hmm. But movies rare, uh, rarely sort of rarely do that. Rarely challenge the viewer to sort of say, no, we're going to tell you a story forwards and backwards at the exact same time. We hope you like it. <laughs> I love that. The other thing I wanted to talk about was there's a message, I think, in this movie, but I'm not sure what exactly it is mm -hmm. because it, it seems like they're saying, so if you have a situation, if you have a something that's very painful has happened to you, is it good to erase it? It seems from my understanding of the world that you learn from your mistakes and your mistakes sort of make you who you are and change mm -hmm. you and make you a better person. So there's a there's a strange message in this, I think, because frankly, I don't think Joel and Clementine have a chance of being together in the future after after this movie, right? No, I don't. They're not they, good for each other. They really aren't. Yeah, I agree. I so um, yeah, that kind of that kind of gets more to the mental health issues that actually occurred rather than what I was expecting is because to me it was very much this is a solution like 
this is a solution to a problem that may be better treated in another way. Now, I, I'm not here to question someone's choice to like erase their own memories if that's what they want in this fictional universe because like you're saying, there could be very painful memories. Um, you know, if you're suffering from PTSD and you want to erase that particular memory or memories, right. <clears throat> that may be a successful treatment for that particular case. That's true. Um, but that's, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think that would be the case for every single person who walked through that door. Like sometimes, like like in the Princess Bride, life is pain. Anyone who says something else is selling you something. Like yeah, selling you something like the opportunity to erase your memory of the right. thing that hurt you. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I have a couple of things. Please. Um, we get to see Mark Ruffalo's butt in this. Which I, I did not expect. I didn't expect to see any butts. When he's getting dressed, going over to see um, what happened. Oh, no. My eyes left for a second because I was thinking dreamily of, of Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo's butt. Not really. Um, so, yeah. That was just a comment that I had. So, um, real briefly, if I may. I know I said only on two more things. But you have Mark Ruffalo, the uh, Hulk. You have Spider-Man's girlfriend. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. You have um, Mary Jane, I think is her name, not Spider-Man's <laughs> girlfriend. Is it Mary Jane? Sorry, Spider-Man fans. My ex-husband loves Spider-Man, Ma so I have a block. Mary Jane. I, I is it Mary Ann? Mary Jane. No, Mary Jane sounds right. We could Google it. Mary Jane Watson. There you go. And and we have um, uh, a Hobbit. Patrick. Elijah Wood. Patrick is played by. Elijah Wood, who is a hobbit, an actual real-life hobbit. Jim Carrey played the Grinch. Maybe we could come up with our own, like, a ragtag Avengers team or something. I'm thinking of a remake of this movie with the Hulk going, Master Race Memory! <laughs> you know, and Chris and Dunst going, like, I'm so, I feel so guilty for cheating <laughs> with, with the Hulk. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm cheating on Spider-Man. <laughs> And then Jim Carrey's going, I must get rid of Christian Dunst. Yes. You can edit that all out if you'd like. But anyway, you had more thoughts. I had more thoughts. Um, okay. Should we talk about the Bechdel test first or how creepy Patrick is first? Let's talk about how creepy Patrick is first. How creepy is Patrick? He, like, steals all of Joel's moves Plus, steals her panties. Now, steals his whole, like, it, that's, I mean. It, steals his diary and. Steals his whole, like, steals everything that made, uh, uh, made Clementine fall in love with Joel, essentially. Yes. Like, that's, like, they're stealing personal property, which is wrong, and violating, um, Violating the trust that you put in someone who has access to your things, mm -hmm. like that's one thing. But then, like, he's trying to like just crawl into her head. That's like even creepier. That is so creepy. Um, to Mark Ruffalo's credit, what was his Patrick and something? Anyway, um, his name is the Hulk. I just looked it up. He was like 
what are you doing, man? That's not cool at all. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not even remotely okay. Stan. Stan. Um, so, yeah, Stan wasn't having it. Um, yes. So I was glad about... I was glad somebody in the movie told him how creepy he was because he was creepy. Right. You had Stan being the, the, the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Even though he did dance on a... He did dance on the bed of Joel while he had... They were so high. They were so high. (laughs) Oh, my God. Terrible bedside manner. But I'm bumped. I mean, he's a... He's a... He's a a computer dude. True. True. So what does he know about that? So, the Bechdel test... Yes. We have another fail this week. Yeah. So how many do we get? Can I... Oh, I'm going to guess off the top of my head. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to say we we got two out of three. Am I right? Yes. Aha. So, um, there's... How do you say the doctor's name? Mirzawak? I can't remember. Um, I mean, I have his name here. Wait, who's Mirzawak? So, his wife comes oh, over oh. to the house, remember? So, that's Mrs. Mirzawak. Oh, Howard. Yeah, Dr. Howard. They call him Howard. Uh, at least Kristen Dunn's character calls him Howard. She comes over in the car. She oh, sees yeah. them in the house. So, um, Kirsten Dunst runs out. Well, they both run out. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just I, a stupid just, girl. Right. That whole... And the wife is saying, oh, well, you've already had him before or whatever. But, see, they're talking about, about him, so him, it doesn't yeah. pass. That's the only interaction between two women in the movie, I believe. That's right. Because like, Clem so, and Kirsten Dunst never meet. So, uh, Carrie, Carrie is the uh, wife or girlfriend. I'm not clear who they are. So David Cross is played by, Ro- uh, sorry, the character Robert. Mm-hmm. That's David Cross's uh, character. They talk him and Carrie, his wife or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jane Adams. They talk about Clementine in a familiar way, like, well, you know, like, I think Carrie at one point says, you know how Clementine does. She, she just right. erased you on a whim. So she obviously, there, <laughs> there was evidently conversations that Carrie had <laughs> with uh-huh. Clementine that we don't see. Right. But I can't believe, that's so amazing to me that that's the only time, <laughs> that's the only time two women talk to each other. Well, two named women. Two named Because there was when, which this was a kind of a weird scene, where Jim Carrey was a child under the kitchen table. That was weird. That was just a weird sort of perspective. Like, I saw what they were, they were trying to make him, the adult, look like the child so that he could, he could act, but then trying to make Kate Winslet's character, like, it was a... like the the friend or the aunt, or... Was it, is it friend? I think she played a friend. She was a friend. So she, um, Clementine, as in that friend's body, was talking to Joel's mother. But we only ever know her as Joel's mother. We don't know her actual name. That doesn't count as a named... Right. A named character. And we don't actually see... Do we even see her face? I don't think we see her face. I don't think we do. It's like that cartoon... That cartoon sort of thing where we see adults mostly from the, you know, above the knee. Right. Above the knee down. <laughs> um, yeah, so that one, that one was a fail. Failed. Um, we already kind of talked about um, disability portrayal and 
um, like mental health sort of situation and whether memory erasure is really the best way to handle that. Yeah. Depends on, it's always, mental health is really always on a case by case situation, I think. Sure. There's not a whole lot of one size fits all solutions. Understood. So, pop culture references. Yeah. Not not really any. I mean, it was it was very unique. I kind of like that about it. Um, you you had you said you dyed your hair blue once because of of Clementine. So that's not really pop culture, but it's our culture. So. I did. I looked at her hair and I'm like. Hey, my hair kind of looks like her just a little bit. It's long and, like, you know, wavy a little bit. I'm like, I think I would like my hair to be blue. And I did. And then I needed a job <laughs> when I moved to Texas. So it's it's red now, which isn't normal, but it's natural. Yes. <laughs> so that's really all I had on that. So I have one more thing. So I've watched this movie several times not a lot but I've watched this movie several times over the years and there's I think if you ever have a favorite movie you should rewatch it at different times of your life like re keep rewatching it every 10 years or so if you really if it's a well-loved movie but you haven't seen it in a long time I think it's a good idea to rewatch it because it's surprising whether or not you'll still like it and how it strikes you mm-hmm. and this is one of those movies where the more I rewatch it, like I have more questions than answers about yeah. about what I think really, like what even my opinion is really. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. There are things that I'm happy are behind me that I don't deal with on a daily basis anymore. That mm-hmm. there are things that are painful that aren't in my life anymore, and there there are things that I cherish that are no longer in my life that I love very much that aren't, you know, with me anymore. It's it's really it's confusing, honestly. Mm-hmm. This is one of those movies that that makes that makes me think. That's why I wrote down confusing in all caps with an exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> so, how would this movie be different with today's technology? You know one of the things that I thought of was when they were laying on the frozen river what was the name of the river? Charles. The Charles River. Um, they were talking about constellations. Mm-hmm. You know there are constellation apps oh, on are, your phone those now. Those are wonderful. Oh, that's great. So yeah. you could just pull so, out the phone and be like, oh, there's uh, Ursa Major or whatever. Well, that's how it could be different because Clementine like implores right, that's what Joel. Well, implores Joel and Joel's like, I don't know any constellations. And he goes, oh, there's this one. And he says something obscure and she's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> he could whip out his phone and go, there you go, hole right there. <laughs> what did I say? Is that one right there? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, and also, they were work. What mo- what year was this from again? Uh, 2004. So they were working with some pretty boxy computer technology So to do the memory erasure. Obviously, the headgear is going to be whatever the headgear is. Uh, oh, right, yeah. But the actual, like, monitors and keyboards and stuff. It looked, it looked stuff, a little, yeah. Yeah. It was like the that sort of, I don't know, I wouldn't even really call it tan, but, you know, like, computers 
in the late nineties, like early two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all that I have. Do you have anything else? I think that's plenty. Okay. Frankly. Well, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. Episode transcripts and links to what we talked about are available on our website at WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter under WaitYNS, and you can email us at WaitYou'veNeverSeen at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies you should watch. If your memory has been erased <laughs> and you know about it, no, never mind. Uh, how would you know? If you believe your memory has been erased, let us know. That's our show for today. Next time, we'll be watching Singing in the Rain. He's doing the dance right now, swinging around the dance pole in the rain, just so y'all know. There is water everywhere now. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. We're going to dry off. Thanks for listening.